You're listening to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. As a marketing expert in the corporate world and a side hustler myself, you'll hear the real girl talk on all things workplace and work life with me and my inspiring guests who've been exactly where you are. Working Girl Talk is on a mission to make your workday better. Now, let's talk. Welcome to episode 89 of Working Girl Talk. So happy to have you. It's going to be a solo episode today, sticking with our interview solo, interview solo schedule for this year. And we're going to talk about presenting virtually. Let's dive into some headlines because it is interesting. The first story we're going to talk about has been in the news a lot, and it's been a little hard to follow, so I'm trying to break it down my my best. As a reminder, I always link the articles and the resources that I use in the show notes so you can investigate further and also to source these. First story, we're going to talk about the Australia and Facebook drama. So you may have heard about this, but Australia has been trying to pass a media law for a while now that would get Facebook and Google to pay for news. Facebook and Google didn't really like that. It's been going on for a while. So on February 17th, we're going to start there on Facebook's press page. They posted a response to Australia's proposed media bargaining law. And they said that Facebook will restrict publishers and people in Australia from sharing or viewing Australian and international news content. So basically, the government and Facebook are kind of fighting over this news on Facebook element. So Facebook said, you know what? We're going to restrict showing news to people on Facebook. Yeah, pretty interesting. So then when they're getting ready to pass the law, the government and Facebook end up reaching a compromise and Facebook announces the following Monday, it will restore news pages in Australia, reversing the earlier decision to block access to news in retaliation to the proposed bill. And so they said they reached a compromise and now all the headlines are saying Australia has passed a new law that will require digital platforms like Facebook and Google to pay local media outlets and publishers to link their content in news feeds and search results. So Facebook and Google are going to have to pay for news. And this actually isn't a huge thing because they have partnered with publishers in other countries in the past. So on Wednesday, Facebook announces their pledge to invest $1 billion in news after this Australia standoff and all of this. So and that announcement came days after the debate with the government over how much Facebook should pay news publishers for content. So I think that was probably the biggest element is how much is Facebook going to pay. Last month, Facebook announced deals with a number of publishers in the UK, including The Guardian, Telegraph Media Group, Financial Times. As a result, publishers will see their content featured in Facebook news. So Facebook has been making these deals. It seems like the Australia one, they just didn't like certain parameters in it. And they also, it was kind of the debate on how much they should be paying publishers. Go research this yourself. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of hard to break down, but that's like the general gist of what has been happening. And the whole thing is, I don't know, there's many takeaways we could get from this. A takeaway that I have, which maybe no one cares about this, but that I think is interesting, is that Facebook could be like, you know what? Just flip a switch, no more news. 
Sorry, Australia. And I think that kind of just shows how powerful they are. That lifts the the curtain a little bit into the background, like the behind the scenes that Facebook is pretty powerful and they can turn off and turn on whatever they want, however they're feeling. And the fact that like the words like retaliation were being used, it's just interesting to hear that. So pretty powerful. Also a takeaway that I had is we never really heard about Google's perspective and I'm sure there is like resources on it, but I mostly was hearing about Facebook. So because this is impacting Google as well and in a CNBC article I was reading, they were talking about how Google is a part of this too. Um, Like going back to this Australian law has been passed that will require digital platforms like Facebook and Google to pay local media outlets and publishers to link to their content. From a search perspective, I'm very curious how that will work because Google has this search algorithm where people like people's jobs are to be like an SEO expert. So if you've been optimizing your website and your news outlet, you have to be partnered with them like they're paying. I mean, I guess it'd be good for the news outlet, but I guess who gets to go first on the top results then if you're all getting paid, like are we doing different rates here, different charges I don't know. It kind of messes with like what the idea of search is. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. This whole thing is very interesting. This is not the last time we'll hear about it. Australia definitely feels like it's a win for them. And they are saying that this is a kind of like an opportunity for other countries to do something like this. So we'll see. Much to think about here. Next story. Klarna, a fintech firm, which I'm sure you have seen by now, they are the ones that when you're at the, sh- the checkout, you can see or make four payments with Klarna. <laughs> There's a few like that, but I use Klarna a lot. They had a big commercial in the Super Bowl with Maya Rudolph riding those horses. That was a little odd, but there we go. <laughs> so Klarna is raising $1 billion at a $31 billion valuation, sources say, according to CNBC.com, which is huge. That's why it's a headline because that is a lot of money. The deal could close within days, sources say, and would make Klarna the most valuable tech unicorn in Europe. So it is a European company, and it is one of the world's largest providers of this buy now, pay later service. This whole sector is coming under fire under heightened regulatory scrutiny in the UK due to fears that young people are falling into debt so there is kind of that whole conversation happening too at the same time but now it's privately valued at 31 billion Klarna is among many potential tech IPO candidates in Europe so we will see what happens but the firm CEO said a stock market listing could happen as soon as this year we'll see what happens but pretty interesting and that's a lot of money and there are some notable investors that we have on Klarna as well Even Snoop Dogg is an investor. Next story from Search Engine Journal, Firefox launches total cookie protection. So you know when you are on the web and it seems like ads are following you everywhere and a website asks you, oh, will you accept cookies? We use cookies. That is what we're talking about here. With the release of Firefox 86, they said that they're offering total cookie protection. So they are refer to total cookie protection as a major advance in confining cookies dropped by websites into a new individual what they call a cookie jar so kind of trapping the cookies trapping the trackers so this will prevent tracking companies from following your online actions from site to site firefox is actually the third most used browser chrome and safari are one and two but firefox is their third so they're thinking maybe because of people wanting to really protect themselves online 
that this might actually bring in more users to Firefox. I know that that sounds pretty interesting because I use DuckDuckGo sometimes. Most of the time I use Chrome just because it's so easy. But sometimes if I'm feeling like, you know what, I don't want people tracking me, I use DuckDuckGo. But sometimes the features... The search is just not as good as Chrome. It just doesn't seem as functional, but I'm interested to see how Firefox is. Next and last story, Clubhouse faces security questions after significant data breach. Guys, I'm so sad. Finally, I was like, oh, we have a great new social media app. Nothing can go wrong. It always goes wrong. So Bloomberg, I'm just going to read the paragraph from Bloomberg because it is very pertinent and I don't want to mess anything up. So quote from Bloomberg, an unidentified user was able to stream Clubhouse audio feeds this weekend from multiple rooms into their own third-party website, said Rima Banasi, a spokeswoman for Clubhouse. While the company says it's permanently banned that particular user and installed new safeguards to prevent a repeat, researchers contend the platform may not be in a position to make such promises, end quote. So sad. So they got breached. People were recording audio, which is not, I don't think that's, a part of like the community I think that's bad like I don't think that's allowed in the guidelines but anyway you can't just be like going in sneaking in a room stealing data anyway sad very upsetting hopefully they can get it fixed they really are saying they're like trying to and the article I was reading from social media today they mentioned that web security experts have been already sounding the alarm on clubhouse and the security and a potential exposure of its systems. The app also has some connections to China, very similar to TikTok, routing much of its backend operations through China-based systems. So this could leave data exposed to the CCP if, if the Chinese government was ever interested in that. But there is no evidence of this, no evidence of this at all, but is a potential concern because as we know, TikTok has had different government hearings and oh, we're gonna ban TikTok. There's all these, been, been a lot of things about TikTok. And so it's discovered that Clubhouse actually has a similar-ish backend. But again, there's no potential concern right now. And Social Media Today points out just something to know because it could eventually prompt U.S. government examination. So no need to panic or anything. But I just thought that was interesting. And the significant data breach, that is not good. So hopefully Clubhouse can really just tighten things up security-wise. But in my research, I discovered a very interesting point. They were saying, and maybe people, like if people are concerned about security, they will go to Twitter spaces. And I was like, what is Twitter spaces? And I can't believe I missed it. In December, Twitter announced, in December 2020, Twitter announced basically their own version of Clubhouse called Twitter spaces. It is crazy. I'm linking it in the notes so when you click the link, you can see a picture of it. It looks just like Clubhouse, the little icons of people talking and it's audio only. So Twitter has already made their own version of Clubhouse, but I have not heard anyone talk about it. In December, they were live testing it. So very interesting. We'll see if that one ends up taking off. And that is our new segment. We had some pretty interesting stories today. So now let's move on to our topic of the day. Short and sweet, but I think it's very helpful. I've had over the past few months some opportunities to do some like public speaking, but virtually because we are still in this 
work from home virtual environment. Most of us are at least, or at least we're, we're coming back slowly when it comes to in-person events. So I thought it'd be interesting and helpful to talk about presenting virtually. And this can be applied to giving a presentation at work from home, like when you're presenting to your team, presenting to the office, presenting to your boss, or even presenting at an event, a meetup, doing a webinar. I think we we're having all across the board here. So from work to presenting to a big group of people and everything in between, these tips can really help. So these are things that I have learned and that I'm implementing over the next month or two when I'm doing some public speaking and some tips that I have found from some reputable resources. So let's dive into this tips for presenting virtually checklist that we have created here. First of all, let's if we are going to be presenting virtually with some slides, we've got to get some content on some slides. Some great resources for you would be Canva, Google Slides, and Ecamm. So Canva, we all know, and Google Slides, we all know, beautiful. Personally, I like those way better than PowerPoint. I am not a PowerPoint person. I just feel like the functionality and the design can be so much better in Google Slides and Canva. But again, up to you, just as long as it's something engaging and more importantly, on brand, on brand to wherever you're working, on brand to you, whatever the situation is. But a tool I recently discovered at an event I was at was called Ecamm. It was pretty cool and you can do a free trial of it. Otherwise, after that, it is a paid platform. But it's pretty cool because you have your slides, but there's also a little window for your picture right within the graphics and you can kind of mess around with you being a part of the graphics or it's almost like you have a frame around you. So it's pretty fun and it adds a different level of presenting that if you want to just take your slides to the next level, maybe you're presenting at a bigger event and want to make a splash. Ecamm is actually pretty cool because it inserts you right into the presentation. And as you change slides, it can change formats of how you are presented in it. So maybe you're like a smaller window in the side. Maybe there's a big frame around you in the next one. Maybe you're kind of on the slide. So you're on camera the whole time there, which on Zoom, yes, you're in your little window, but this puts you like directly in the presentation. Pretty cool. Next would be if possible and if applicable, making your presentation interactive. Two tools that are pretty helpful with this would be Slido, S-L-I-D-O, or meeting polls. These kind of offer if you ever have a poll, because I know sometimes when I ask a question in like a Zoom or presentation, like, oh, who here is using social media? And as a presenter on Zoom, you can't really tell. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I can't really see anybody. I can only see like the one person in the box in the corner. Like it's harder to tell and you can't access the chat very well. So a tool like Slido or or it might be Slido, but I call it Slido. Uh, or meeting polls are good because it's interactive polls. They the, Somebody goes to that website, they type in what the meeting ID is, and they have a poll that pops up. And you can see like live results on people's responses anonymously. So it's very fun and it's a little interactive. That is best if you have somebody kind of helping you with tech and fielding questions. And I've seen it done by solo presenters as well, but just to give you some backup, I think that is a good tool if you have somebody helping you out and like fielding questions. Next one would be to practice in the platform. So actually practicing in Zoom, it's one or the presenting tool, Google Meets, whatever it may be. It's one thing to have your presentation open and just be presenting in person to somebody at your home or wherever you're at. But actually practicing within the platform and how it's going to be. So invite your mom or your best friend or even your coworker to like the Zoom link and a time and actually present it in the platform. 
is so you can get that feeling of, okay, this is me sharing my screen. This is me going full screen because I've noticed, and I'm speaking out of an event coming up and I've noticed in some of the practice tech runs that people were like, oh wait, where's the share screen button? Or, oh, I actually forgot how to make it full screen or in present mode. Just little things like that, that if you can just, okay, I know what button it is, button, button. It makes it so much more seamless instead of, okay, one sec, let me share my screen, which I'm guilty of. Sometimes I'm like, wait, where's the share screen button? But so just making sure you're practicing within that platform, invite a family member, somebody that you trust, somebody that um, like as a friend and just invite them to this zoom link. Hey, I'm just going to practice running through the tech real quick. And I think that is a great way to feel prepared and confident because then you already know exactly what it's going to be. And if it's a new tech, like maybe it's not a zoom, it's something new, try to get access to a version of it. So you can practice using the tech. Next tip would be dress like you are in person and make sure you look presentable because when you look good, you feel good. So you're presentable and on that note, a good background, no distractions, making sure maybe it's a plain a background as possible. And again, when I say no distractions, I mean it. No distractions for you or the audience. So that means a clear background. But that also means you, from what you're seeing, maybe nothing crazy behind your computer because you don't want to all of a sudden like maybe like the TV's on in the background behind your computer and get stuck watching TV or something. So making sure there's no distractions for you as well. And that also means, which leads into our next tip, closing out all the apps and things that you will not be needing. Because I know sometimes if you're presenting, maybe you see an email or notification pop up and it's easy to kind of look to that. So making sure you're silencing Slack, your texts on your computer, and any app that you don't need closing out. Last thing on presenting, we got some good lighting. I found a ring light on Amazon for pretty cheap and it really makes such a difference. And try to eliminate any noise. So if you have dogs, keeping them out of the room. and Or if you know that, oh, I'm going to get a delivery at this time, make sure to have your presentation at a different time. Really just do as much as you can to prevent any sort of distraction so it doesn't interrupt you in your flow because you are going to be in a flow. It's going to be great, but we don't want anything to mess that up. And warn people when you are presenting. So if you live with a spouse or a significant other or family, brother, sister, if you live with somebody, make sure they know what time you're presenting at. So they know that I'm not going to walk in the house and be singing or walk in the apartment and open all the cupboards and pick out the trash, like all these noisy things. So make sure that they know as well. So once we actually get to the presenting, make sure your feet are firmly planted on the floor as best as you can. Maybe front, kind of scooting to the front of your seat and really just getting into that presenter mindset. And this way kind of helps you so you're not fidgeting and also not spinning in your chair. If you have like a spinny chair at your desk, sometimes it's easy to kind of spin and shake around. So feet firmly planted. And next tip would be making sure to look at the camera every so often. And this is actually the beauty of presenting virtually is that it does take the pressure off. Sometimes if we get nervous with public speaking, yes, you do feel nervous because eyes are still on you. You're still presenting and providing value, but it's not in person. So if you are looking at the camera, that person feels seen by you. So that is a huge plus, but 
it also helps you to kind of focus in like that camera is your person you're talking to. You're not getting distracted by all the different videos because there's a lot going on if you're presenting on Zoom or virtually. So making sure you're looking at your camera and the audience will respond to you better because they feel like you're looking at them. Next tip, sometimes when you're public speaking, it's easy to forget to breathe and you're going super fast. Because we have the luxury of using slides and being in this virtual environment, Take the time to breathe every time you switch a slide if you need it. You don't want to be hyperventilating or anything. But if you need that reminder to take a breath, switching slides is a great way to kind of time that because if you're doing it anyway, and that can be your little reminder to you to, oh yeah, okay, kind of like take a breath. Nobody's going to notice. Sometimes you feel like you're going slow, but to other people, you're probably going a normal speed. And people know if you're nervous and going fast, so just kind of take a breath, be chill. And our last two tips, one, people may have their cameras off. It is a different environment. It's not like speaking in public. It's not like being in a normal work meeting where you can see everyone's reactions or in a public speaking conference where you can see and interact with people. It's not like that anymore, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean they're not interested. So they may have cameras off. You may not even be able to see them depending on the platform. Or if you can see people in your presentation, maybe they don't look interested. Don't let that deter you. Just focus on what you can do. Focus on that camera. Focus on being as high energy as you can be because that does not mean anything. Even when you're presenting in person, there are people that may not look as interested, but just don't focus on that because most likely they are and you, as long as you're providing value, that's the most important thing. So just don't let that trip you up. And maybe even when you're practicing with the platform, with having like a family member or a friend or a coworker, like on a practice run, maybe even have them do some like, oh, can you turn your camera off in the middle? Like just so like you can get used to like things like that happening because that does happen. And also look a little bit inward too. If you're in a meeting, do you keep your camera on the whole time? Has there ever been a time when you haven't? Why didn't you? Maybe you were eating something, but you were still listening. So give people some grace. It's not that they're not interested. I Sometimes that is just the case. And lastly, I gave a little hint to it just now, high energy, making sure you're speaking to people in high energy, the same way you would be in person. I think sometimes it's like, oh, it's casual. We're on a computer, but no, you're still presenting whatever capacity it may be, whether it's a work call or a conference or a virtual webinar, you're still giving that hundred percent energy to make sure they're learning something and to make sure they're having a good experience because we kind of have to do what we can right now not everything can be in person right now so we're making the best of it we're providing value we're giving it our all giving that a hundred percent energy Hopefully that helps you get rid of some of those nerves. Preparation is the best way to get rid of public speaking nerves. And all of this helps you do that. The more that you can get rid of sudden, unexpected things, the better. So hopefully these tips help you do that. Whatever capacity it may be, you are going to rock this and make sure to let me know which tip is most helpful. And if you have any tips too, make sure to DM or tag the Working Girl Talk Instagram account. And before we end, let's do our Friday favorite. Something I liked this week that I want to share with you and a little more obscure this week, but my husband and I deep cleaned our house and it is so peaceful. There is no clutter and it is just a good old time. So if you are feeling that craving for peace and you just need some good energy, have a clean house, have a clean apartment, wherever you're at, clean your space. It actually helps so much when you walk into a clean room It does so much for your mindset. So that is my Friday favorite today, clean spaces. (laughs) 
If anything resonated with you today, make sure to screenshot the episode, share it to your story and tag Breaking Girl Talk. We love to see what you have to say. Also, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Send the link to a friend who needs to hear it and rate the podcast five stars if you feel so inclined and leave a review. Love to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much. I hope this made your workday better and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.